Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Shortly after I graduated from college, I began working in the business world, and uh, before I got my position in the business office, I actually was working at the rental counter for Thrifty Rental Car, and it was during my time working at the rental counter that I was actually applying for positions with uh, Dollar Thrifty Automotive Group, the parent company, uh, in their business office. And so after I had applied for several positions and went on an interview, I got hired in their bill collections department. Now, it was my first day, and and honestly, I really didn't know what my exact tasks were going to be. All I knew was that I was going to be collecting payments on past due bills, but but how was I going to be doing this, right? Was I going to be driving around, going door to door to people's houses, knocking on doors, telling them to pay up? Or was I going to be calling people on the phone? I I really was kind of just going into this blindly. So on the first day, I met with my new coworkers, and naturally my my boss wanted to gather us for a meeting so that he could go over some instructions, make sure we were all on the same page together. And and there was one employee that I was going to be working closely with. She was in the exact same position as me. She had been doing this for several years, and so she knew what she was doing. And so uh, my boss was kind of giving her some instructions on how to train me. And he said this phrase, let Kevin drive today and you just guide him as he drives. Now he meant this figuratively, right? He wanted her to let me just kind of be in charge and, and her just kind of give me instructions as we went along. But naturally, I, I, was, I was already kind of wondering what I was going to be doing. Was I going to be driving door-to-door to people's houses? And so I didn't realize he meant this figuratively, and so I quite naively responded to him, I don't have my car with me. My wife dropped me off. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now, thankfully... He just thought I was making a very clever joke and thought I was hilarious. (laughs) Which he's not wrong, I am hilarious, but I really did think that I was going to have to drive. So we're in a series right now titled Rooted, and as we're going through this series, we're walking through the book of Colossians. And, and, And since it is Senior Sunday, as we continue in our series today, this message is going to be extremely applicable for Corey uh, and for those that are transitioning into this new stage of life, getting out of high school, because in many ways for you, Corey, it's time for you to drive. Uh, for, for many years, it's like you've been in the passenger seat and, and, and you have been learning from your, your parents and those in this church and maybe other trusted adults like coaches in your life. But for the bigger and tougher decisions, many times as we're growing up, our parents make those decisions for us. But, but now you're at this point in your life where, 
where you are going to be begin making those decisions on your own. If you haven't already, you're going to be making some of those bigger and tougher decisions on your own. And as we think about these these decisions that you're going to have to face and maybe even the some of the obstacles that you're going to face along the way. The question for all of us really is is how can we make the right decisions? As we are faced with all of the different choices as we are in the driver's seat, how do we choose wisely? And the answer is we are to be rooted in Jesus. We are to root our lives in Jesus. And, and this is important because what I have learned over the years is that the older we get, the, the decisions that we have to make just get bigger and bigger. We have to choose who we're going to marry, where we're going to live, what are we going to do for our job, what are we going to do in this situation, in this situation. We have kids, now we're responsible for even more humans, right? Man, when I... Be, became a parent, I'm like, someone is trusting me to lead another human being, right? That's a big responsibility. So how do we make these decisions? We are to root our lives in Jesus. And so whether we are, whether you are just now graduating from high school, whether you're, you are already an adult, this is true for all of us. We need to root our lives in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Because many times the, the things that we face, the, the decisions that we make or need to make can be complicated and confusing. So let me just pause right here and remind you of this overarching truth for this series. The world complicates things for us. The enemy confuses things for us. But God's word makes things clear for us. And God's word points us to Jesus and so we are to turn to God's word and we are to root our lives in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 4 through 7 today. Colossians 2, 4 through 7. And as you're turning there, let me just set this up for you. As we look at this passage, Paul's going to start things off with a, with a bit of the war, a warning. He, he's going to say the reason why he is saying these things is to protect the Colossian church from false teachings. If you remember from when I started this series just a few weeks ago, I said that the Colossian church was at once at a place where they were, uh, they were strong in their faith, but they were in a place right now where they were vulnerable to deceptions. And so Paul gives this warning. We see this in verse 4. He says, I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. So there are a couple of things that I would say about warnings. First, warning signs are given for a reason. Warning signs are given for a reason. So back in October of 2012, a woman by the name of Donna in Fargo, North Dakota called a local radio station to complain about the deer crossing signs that she would pass frequently on her way to work. And her complaint about these deer crossing signs was that they were placed in, in areas of higher traffic. And she felt like this was an injustice. These deers didn't need to be crossing the road in areas of high traffic. <laughs> these, these deer crossing signs needed to be placed in areas of lower traffic. 
So if you want to listen to this, you can go to YouTube and look up Donna Dear Lady. Not right now, all right? But later on this afternoon, go to, go to YouTube, look up Donna Dear Lady, and you will be able to listen to this hilarious interaction. Of course, what, what Donna was, was missing, what she failed to realize was that these deer crossing signs weren't given as a, uh, they weren't there as a sign of permission for deer to cross in this location. They were there so that those that drove by, so that those that saw this warning sign, they would be on the lookout so that if they actually saw some deer crossing, they would not get into an accident. Warning signs are given for a reason. Paul is giving this warning sign to the Colossian church not to give permission for it to happen and not because it already has happened, but so that it would not happen, so that they would be on alert, so that they would watch out for these false teachers and false teachings so that they would not fall into deception and, and, and fall into something that would lead to their destruction. And just as Paul's words were a warning for the Colossian church, these are words of warning for us today as well. We also need to be alert that we might not fall into destruction. So warning signs are given for a reason, but the second thing that I want to say about what Paul says here about the deceit is that these false teachings will sound reasonable. These false teachings will sound reasonable. Understand the enemy is both cunning and crafty and his desire is to deceive. And because his desire is to deceive, he will make the wrong things sound good. So let me pause right here and say this. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is good. Let me say that again. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is good. And so because the wrong things may sound reasonable, because the wrong things may sound good to us, we have to take what we hear and we have to test it against Scripture. We have to test what we are being taught against God's Word. And I say that even about what you hear me saying on Sunday mornings. Don't just listen to, to my words and take my word from, for it. Take what I say to God's Word and test it against God's word to make sure that what I am saying lines up with God's word. Now understand, my heart and my desire would be to absolutely never make a mistake and to never say something that would mislead you from the truth. And so if I do say something that is incorrect, understand first, it is by accident. I would never intentionally mislead you away from the truth but second if I say something that is incorrect I'm humble enough to correct myself and, and, and to point you back to the truth of God's word because we all need to cling to truth and, and this practice of taking what we hear and testing it against God's word needs to happen both inside the walls of the church, but it also needs to happen outside the walls of the church because false teachings and false teachers aren't just within the walls of churches. False teachings and false teachers are everywhere in our world today, in our colleges, in our libraries, 
in our TV shows, in our movies, and on our social media newsfeed. There are false teachers and there are false teachings everywhere. And what Paul is saying is that these false teachings will sound reasonable, but just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is good. With that in mind, we're going to read Paul's words here, Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. He says, I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. So then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. So as we look at this passage today, we're going we're gonna to see three instructions here that, that come from verses 6 and 7. But before we get to that, I want to highlight what we see Paul say in verse 5. Paul says, For I, I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit. Now Paul's actually saying something that we still say today. Maybe if we're invited to a special event and we're unable to attend, we might say, I'm sorry I can't be there with you in person, but I will be there with you in spirit. And so Paul is, is he's expressing the same sentiments that we express today, saying this to, to the Colossian church, even though I'm not able to be with you in person, I am there with you in spirit. My heart is there with you. But I really think that there is something deeper to, to be expressed here. I think there's this great reminder that there is a strong bond within the body of Christ. There is a strong bond within the body of Christ. So you may have seen those redwood trees in pictures or, or in person in California. Those redwood trees, many of them are hundreds of years old and, and they grow up to be between 200 and 300 feet tall. In fact, the, the tallest one is actually 325 feet tall. But interestingly, these, these redwood trees, their roots don't grow deep down into the ground as you might expect. In fact, their, their roots are so shallow that alone these trees could not stand. But what happens is their roots, they grow outward and they become intertwined with one another. And it's actually the, the strength of these trees together that gives these, these trees the ability to stand. And I believe that it's the same way in the church. There is a strong bond within the body of Christ. And so as we come together and as we grow together, as our roots get intertwined with one another, we become stronger together and, and the strength of this bond of Christ as Paul would indicate spans even physical distance and so there may be a physical distance that separates us at times but but our hearts are still connected through the bond of love in Christ Jesus who has saved us I believe that as as we think about me coming back to this church after over 30 years, I believe that it was this bond 
in Jesus Christ that, that brought me back to this church as I learned about the church that I was saved in and, and the church that I was baptized in. When I learned that this church was looking for a pastor, I couldn't think of a better place to come and serve the Lord, to serve this community that I love, to serve this church that I love, and to serve this Lord that I love. There is a strong bond within the body of Christ. And so while this is a good reminder for all of us, I would point, point this back to Corey and, and say, even though you may be moving on, you may be going off to college, the bonds that you have formed here growing up, the relationships that you have formed will be lasting and strong. And this church body will always be a church home for you. But I would also encourage you, Corey, to find a church home close to school so that you can continue to create these strong bonds with the body of Christ so that you can continue to grow in your relationships with other believers and in your relationship with the Lord. With that being said, let's, let's look at these instructions here, three instructions that we see in verses 6 and 7. First, we are to continually live in Christ. We are to continually live in Christ. Let's look at verse 6 again. It says, So then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. We are to continually live in Christ. Now, some translations use the word walk instead of live. Uh, but really, the, both translations are good tra translations because as you think about biblical times, if, if people were working, if they were going somewhere, traveling, or if they were just going about their day-to-day -day business, they were likely walking, right? And, and so to say walk in Christ was to say live your lives in Christ. So there are a couple of things that I want to say here. First, walking or living in Christ is an ongoing action. Walking or living in Christ is an ongoing action. Now, this does not mean that, that we are continually saved over and over again. Salvation is a one-time thing. Paul makes this clear when he says, you have already received Christ Jesus as Lord. Understand, salvation occurs when we turn from our sins recognizing that we have sin in our life, recognizing that Jesus went to the cross, died on that cross for your sins and mine, rose again victoriously. When we recognize this and we turn from our sins and we turn to Jesus Christ as Lord, it is at that point in time that we receive salvation, that, that Jesus becomes the Lord of our life. So, when we come to Christ as Lord, salvation is the immediate result, but surrender is our continual response. Salvation is the immediate result, but surrender is our continual response. And so if you've given your life to Christ, if you've turned from your sins and you've allowed Jesus to become the Lord of your life, you have received that salvation. You have been saved. You have received Christ Jesus as Lord. But in order to live in Christ, to continually live in Christ, daily surrender is an absolute must. And let's be honest, sometimes it's not even a daily surrender. It is a moment-by-moment -moment surrender. 
as we are faced with, with our own temptations, as we are faced with our own struggles, we, we moment by moment sometimes surrender to the lordship of Christ that we might walk in obedience to him. So salvation is the immediate response, but surrender is our, or salvation is the immediate result, but, but surrender is, the, is our continual response. And so walking or living in Christ is an ongoing action. But the second thing that I want to say here is that a life lived in Christ is a life transformed by Christ. A life lived in Christ is a life transformed by Christ. And this is important to understand because as I've already said, right, we daily face struggles. We daily face temptations. We daily face this battle between our flesh and the spirit. And so our response to these struggles, our response to, to this battle that is ongoing within us is to live in Christ because a life lived in Christ is a life transformed by Christ. I had a pastor several years ago that said it this way, we can change our actions, but that won't change our hearts. But if we will allow Christ to transform our hearts, it will always change our actions. Many times as humans, we try and go about it the wrong way. We try and just change our actions over and over again. But man, we, we end up still being the same exact person. And so we don't need to transform the outside. We need God to transform the inside. We need Jesus to transform our hearts so that then our actions will be changed as a result a life lived in christ is a life transformed by christ so we're to continually live in christ second we are to be fully planted in christ let's look at verse six with the first part of verse seven now it says so then just as you have received christ as jesus as lord continue to live in him being rooted we are to be fully planted in christ now, of course, I pointed out that at the start of this series that this is the verse where I've pulled the title for our series from, Rooted, because we see this very clear instruction here in this verse that we are to be rooted or fully planted in Christ Jesus. Now, the next part of verse 7 is an indication of growth occurring, but before something can grow, it must first be planted with that in mind, there are a couple of things that I want to say here. First, where we plant our lives is where we will grow. Where we plant our lives is where we will grow. So Ethan came home earlier this week with a little cup with potting soil in it. He told me that he's growing a lima bean plant. So he's been watering this lima bean plant, making sure that it has enough sun. And sure enough, this lima bean plant has been growing in this little cup. And while this cup isn't the perfect place for entire crops to grow, it is the perfect place for this lima bean plant to begin growing. And as this plant continues to grow, we may have to take it out of this cup and, and find a larger pot for it so that it can continue getting bigger. Where we plant our lives is where we will grow. And the perfect place for the believer to grow is to be fully planted in Jesus Christ and the beauty of being fully planted is in Jesus Christ is that we will never outgrow him 
We will never need to be uprooted from Jesus Christ and replanted somewhere else. Jesus is the one that we can root our lives in today. We can root our lives in him tomorrow. And we can root our lives in him until we are standing in his presence. Completely perfect and in eternity. So where we plant our lives is where we will grow. But the second thing that I want to mention is that where we plant our lives will become the foundation for our lives. Where we plant our lives will become the foundation for our lives. Now, if you think back to the parable of the two foundations in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus reminds us that not every foundation is a solid foundation. Not every foundation is suitable to be built upon. For the man that built his house upon the sand when the storms came, that house came crashing down. But for the man that built his house upon the rock when the storms came, his house stood firm. Not every foundation is suitable to be built upon. And so we must wisely choose where we build our lives, where we root our lives, that we might be rooted in a suitable foundation and Jesus gives these clear instructions in Matthew 7 that if we build our lives upon him and if we build our lives upon his word then our lives will stand firm where we plant our lives will become the foundation for our lives and so our lives must be fully planted in Jesus that we might have that solid foundation to be built upon so we are to continually live in Christ. We are to be fully planted in Christ. Finally, this morning, we are to daily grow in Christ. Let's read the entirety of verses 6 and 7 again. It says, So then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. We are to daily grow in Christ. And so we are to continually be built up in Jesus. So you may have heard the phrase, Rome wasn't built in a day. That phrase didn't originate in Rome. It's actually a French proverb that, that dates back to the year 1190. And it wasn't even translated to English until 1538 by an English writer, John Haywood, who actually said Rome wasn't built in one day. But it's this reminder for us that, that not only are empires not built overnight, but even smaller projects at times aren't completed in one day. It takes time for growth to occur. Each brick must be laid one by one on top of the other in order for the work to be accomplished. And so as Paul says, we are to be built up in him in the same way he is giving us a reminder that spiritual growth and spiritual maturity doesn't just happen overnight. Rather, as we plant our lives in Christ, we must daily grow in Christ. So when I was growing up, uh, daily spiritual growth was something that I observed. I can remember every single day walking out of my bedroom and seeing my dad sitting at the breakfast table reading his Bible. Now, I do want to mention that my mom read her Bible every day, too. 
but she did it before I woke up and, and she was already done. But every day I would wake up and I would see my dad sitting at the, the breakfast table reading his Bible. And what that communicated to me was that even though my dad was an adult, even though my dad was one of the smartest people that I knew, he still needed to learn. He still needed to grow. Parents, don't just tell your children to read the Bible. Model it for them. Don't just tell your children that they need to grow. Show them how to grow as you turn to God's word for yourself. Now, I'll be honest. As a child, I did not value learning and growing in God's word for myself. But later on, as I got older, I remembered seeing my dad sitting at that breakfast table each and every day, studying God's word. And so I began to turn to God's word so that I could begin to grow spiritually, so that I could begin to mature spiritually in God's word for myself. Listen, as long, you are, as, long as you are still living, you are still growing our spiritual growth and maturity isn't completed at salvation. It begins at salvation. And so as we have received Christ and as we live in Christ, as we are, are planted in Christ, we are to grow in Christ each and every day. But before you can grow in Christ, first you must know Christ. And so as we get ready to close this morning... The simple question that I would ask is, do you know Christ? Is Jesus your Lord? And if he's not, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond today. And maybe you're here and you would say, that's me. I've never given my life to Christ. I do not know Jesus as Lord. But today I recognize the sin that's in my life. And I know that Jesus died for me. I know that he rose again. And I am ready to turn from my sins and to put my hope and my faith and my trust in him and him alone. If you are ready to follow Christ today then I would invite you to respond as we sing. I'm going to be standing right down front. Would you step out of your seat and join me down here? We can talk. We can pray. Today you can know Christ as your Lord for yourself. Now maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but, but I have to be honest. I have not been doing what I need to do to grow spiritually. Maybe you haven't been reading your Bible. Maybe you haven't been just faithful in that relationship with the Lord, today you can get that right. You can do that right where you're at. You can confess that to the Lord. But maybe you need someone to pray with you. I would invite you to come as well. I'd love to talk with you and to pray with you. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that next step of baptism. Baptism absolutely does not save us, but it's something that we are called to do as we follow Jesus. And so if you've given your life to Christ, but you've never taken that step of baptism, I would invite you to respond as well. Let's make that commitment together today. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ. I've been baptized by immersion and I've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale. I know that God's calling me to make this my church home, to connect my life with this church body so that we can be on mission together. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond during this time as well. 
this morning, you can become a member here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments this morning, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.